Who's out? Uh, who's still suspended? Mac. 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 Eh. Everyone else is in. But that's not nothing to lose. I mean, no. he's not bad. Yeah. Starting Sam linebacker, it yeah. tends to be hard to replace. Hey, my yeah. think was fine, but it was also playing Little Sisters of the Poor. <laughs> so we're what? saying East St. Louis is going to be a... Uh... I don't think they know it's going to come hit them. I don't think they will. You know, I'm actually curious how many of our listeners are going to get the return of the Mac reference at the at the beginning there. <laughs> Probably not many. No. Considering I just picked it up here a second ago. <laughs> Wait, what? It you me, didn't even get it? It took me a minute. It wasn't like when you said it, but it was. It, it definitely took a minute or two to figure out. Why is he put? Oh. I'm sorry. I disappoint. I even, like, said, so we, we were just talking about it, and yeah. I even said, Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week six edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Pfeiffer here. No Rob tonight. Jim is, but he's probably going to talk as much as Rob will. And welcoming back since the debut episode of the Black Swarm Podcast, Cody DeVault. Hey, folks. How you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you? Oh, it's been dude. a while. It's been too long. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, let's just get right into it, huh? 42 rip back in Firestone. What'd you boys think? Uh, just totally overmatched in every way. Uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. We just outclassed them, outhit them. They didn't want to be there. We did, and we ran over them. I'd say that's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, I know the kids and the coaching staff wasn't ecstatic about it. Uh, I heard them talking about it last Monday before we recorded the last episode, but I wasn't sure if they wanted it out there or not until later in the week. They kind of made it very apparent. The goal at halftime was 49 rip, and we obviously didn't get that. That didn't happen. You know, we've got a lot of stuff we need to clean up, but still... 42 nothing. I'd say that's a pretty good win. I would agree. Uh, not really much to talk about in this game. I mean, we went six. Aiden went six for nine passing. Uh, there was a there was a couple drops. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you know, he was just like himself on target. Uh, the only thing I hated to see was him run when he had that fumble there. And again, I understand, but just and I understand it's the game of football. Every play you go out and play. I just hate to see him run when we were playing Firestone. I'm sorry, but I was just really scared for him. I know I saw him get hit twice after he had went down. Kids were diving into the pile, mm-hmm. and they were driving right into his back. That just scared me. I mean, I, you know, I get what you're saying. It, against a team like that uh, and with what we have hopefully ahead of ourselves here, you'd want to see him just throw it away. Mm-hmm. But he's a gamer. He's, yep. he, he's not going to do that, and that's what I love about him. You know, he, we just... What we ran down at the, uh, it was in the red zone. We just trips left, uh, single receiver out right, four verts. You're hoping someone flashes open, but when you're running all verticals in the red zone like that, your window is small. I mean, it. I thought a guy flashed open, but if Aiden wasn't looking there, if that wasn't like in the in his reads at that time, you can't blame him. He tried to make a play. Yep. Sometimes bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
overall, I mean, not we ran the ball down their throat just like our MO has been, just like it probably will be for the rest of the season. Um, we were without our starting receiving core. I, I know a couple more guys didn't dress. That was a discipline issue. They took care of it in-house. I think it was all just one game. I think one is maybe out for two, but that's not for us to talk about. They took care of it, and hey, move on to uh, move on to Fitch. Austin Town Fitch Week Six. Uh, what do you see there? Anything or? Uh, they're usually a very well-coached team. I mean, that's going to be probably the best coach team we've seen since uh, St. V's. Mm-hmm. You know, they like they don't have the size. They have one guy with that's pretty fast, but other than that, not much team speed. Um, they run some kind of funky stuff, both on offense and defense. Uh, they run they play two quarterbacks one's more of a drop back uh, pocket passer the other one he's more of a runner if he throws the ball it's going to be out of a rollout type look they like to give some weird kind of like quads and almost like quince looks to where you're just overloading one side of the field with all the eligible receivers and that's you're kind of just against his own defense that's kind of stretching one side because you're going to keep other guys over at their normal spot like right. the backside corner he's not going to be covering anybody so your adjustment to that would just be like send him chase him down on the rollout or whatever so it's just get numbers to that side yeah okay and hopefully catch a team off guard with something that they're not used to seeing you know right uh defensively they base out of a 3-3 stack one high zone you know that's I doubt they're gonna no. stay in the 3-3 much no way we see him in that this week after what we did to Glen Oak and Warren. And Warren. I mean, the one play that they tried to stay in a 3-3, we, Jameer went off for a 60-some yard run. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, I know it was in the Boost Club meeting on Monday that Coach Moore said they kind of run like a grab bag of defensive fronts. You know, if they base out of the 3-3 stack, but they'll run some 50 fronts, which is the 3-3, but you walk down both outside guys over outside the tackles they'll run some bare fronts they'll even run a little bit of a 22 type stuff which is similar to what saint v ran uh at the front at least not on the back end but how he described it said more of a he called it more of a grab bag which honestly tells me that they don't have like a set system they like to run which means they're not particularly good at Anything, Anything overall. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just on the subject of the Booster Club, flashing back to uh, Firestone, just real quick, a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, our center, Justin Gaddis, he was one of the kids that spoke there. Um, he said, you know, because we talked about earlier, uh, like I think really early on, it was either week one or two, how our line looks for that point in the game where their line just gives up, quits. They don't want to play the game anymore. They don't want to be there. They're tired of getting beat up, dragged through the mud. And Justin said that it was off rip. They wanted nothing to do with us. You know, from kickoff until the clock hit zero in the fourth quarter, they did not want to be there. Well, again, like I said at the very beginning, I mean, they were just totally overmatched and outsized at every position. Uh, 
I it it can't be fun to go up against our line, no matter what team it is. No, but especially a team like that, I just I can't see him. It's sad. I can't see him sticking it out. I mean, uh, to their credit, though, I think they were fairly well coached. I mean, you know, St. V's, they're solid. They yep. like what they run. You know, they're not, I would call them a, a pretty good coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Glen Oak, they're pretty good. They did what they could against us. Right. But the athletes-wise outclassed. Warren, New Jersey, bad coaching. Not good at all. <laughs> um, Firestone, I'd say somewhere in between Warren and Glen Oak. You know, better mm-hmm. coaching, but not great. Just trying to do what you can with what you have. Yeah. I mean, they came out, uh, their first couple offensive series ran uh, under center, split backfield with a tight end attached. That's kind of like what the original West Coast offense base formation look like they got nothing going there it was something they hadn't put on film so i think they could they thought they could try and catch us off guard with it a little bit and they just couldn't get anything running there um oh uh welcome back tyree broils yeah no kidding that second half kicker it was the very beginning of the second half the yeah. kicker turned down to i know it was inside the red zone might have been i think it was down to the eight eight yeah yeah and the kid just barely caught him by the back of his jersey collar. Yeah. And um, also, he made a great play. It's he's gonna it's gonna show up in the box score as a tackle, but that quarterback's big run. He was on. I think it was. Um, he was on our hash, mm-hmm. the home side hash, and Tyree was lined up over the receiver on the far numbers, and when that quarterback broke off for a run. Royals made one tremendous effort play, chased the kid down and tackled him on, I think, about the 10, saving a touchdown, saving a donut in the box score. And against a team that has only scored two touchdowns all year, you don't want to be the team that you let them score a third. And no doubt the coaches have that on film and showed the team this week. Like, this is exactly what we want out of you guys. Yeah. I mean, that was just, like you said, it was a total effort play, a total... I want this more than you want to get in the end zone kind mm. of thing. Good on the kid. I and mean, that's just one of those, like, that's one of the little things yeah. you look at that you might not catch right away, but you see it in a replay or you see it on film or something that uh, that really stands out that right. you know, these kids, the coaches set the bar higher. Like we've talked about every week. They don't just, they don't just want the W. They want to play to our level that we can play at, yep. you know? Absolutely. Um, to build on that point, uh, Hank, you're going to be able to articulate it better. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also at the Booster Club meeting, uh, Coach Weber was there. Yeah, um, had a great speech. I'll let you go into the details. Uh, you'll, you're a little better at saying what he's going to say. Oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Uh, well, first off, everyone listening now, you guys need to go to the Booster Club meetings. They always have. They always bring in an extra coach from the staff. A few of the kids talk about the game. You get to see a little bit of film. It, you know, it's just cool to see. It's a nice experience. But this week was uh, Coach Dave Weber. He's currently the tight ends and the fullbacks coach. He's been with Maslin for quite a while. He's played here. He's he's Maslin blood. You know, he's through a, and through. He's true Maslin. And he was. I I'm not gonna even attempt to replicate the speech. But he was just talking about how 
just how much this city loves the Tigers. And I guess every week he's in charge of writing the kids a letter or something about what it means to be a Maslin Tiger. You know, that's not something we did. We had when I played, but it, whatever it is, it's <laughs> working now. Right. And he was just talking about one that he, uh, he read to the, or he wrote to the team, I think it was before the Glen Oak game last year, about some little old lady that couldn't afford her season tickets anymore. So she buys a general admission ticket to come to the games. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you don't have enough to, and it's only like a two, three dollar difference, I think. Right. And when you're splitting hairs like that in your budget and you're still spending money to come see the Tigers, that's special. You know, it's, it just shows how much this town cares about the team and how we can rally behind them. You don't get that other places. No. You, just, you don't. I, it, I, I can't do his speech justice because by the end of it, I was looking for a brick wall to run through. <laughs> so just come to the meetings. You know, that's not something that happens every time. But boy, did it get me fired up. Absolutely. Uh, I guess I, I really don't have anything else to touch on the Firestone or really with Fitch at all. I know from what I've read, I think it's their, I forget it. I can't remember his number off the top of my head. There's a receiver they have. I think he takes some snaps out of the backfield. Yeah. He's pretty much their offense. A little speedy guy. Okay. Um, I think I... Yeah, I talked about it before uh, to, for a peek behind the curtain. This is the second time we're recording this episode. Had some technical difficulties the first time. It's a blast here. Uh, <laughs> what they did against us last year was they would run a jet sweep to one side and take that play side guard and tackle and pull them the opposite way. Now, your first thought is like, like, you know, what are you doing taking blockers away from the play? Well, your linebackers, they key on the linemen. You follow your guards and tackles and you, you watch tendencies, see who's a lot, see who, what teams like to pull what linemen. They'll usually take you to the football. So to use linemen as a false key that's not something you see a lot of teams run, but it's something that, like, with a disciplined linebacking core and really overall defense like we have, mm-hmm. it works well. Just because they're so good at reading their keys. Yes. It takes them out of the play. They have very good eye discipline. They're not cheating looking in the backfield. They're watching those linemen, you know. And it's it's difficult because the way that they ran those plays last year – if you just want to key on that jet sweep, the coach can always come back and call, oh, quarterback keeps the ball and mm-hmm. just runs behind his pulling lineman. So that's kind of a wrinkle they threw in last year. I'm a big fan of it. If you have a player that can hit the edge that quick to make it so the box players, you don't really need to take into account that much. Um, that's something to look for. They haven't put it on film this year. I don't know if they put it on film at all last year besides us because that's something you can't run against a less disciplined team you can't bet on them like you can't bet on linebackers following their keys but i know last year uh, i think it was 18 simpson right yeah simpson and jameer were playing inside and whenever they saw those linemen pull they froze because you know linemen going one way action going the other it's 
it's a neat little wrinkle. I if they run it on Friday, I'll light. I'll love to see how we adjust to it. Mm-hmm. And like what started off this conversation, the ball is going to be going to that little. I think he runs a four four. Something maybe maybe eh, four five. Okay. I don't know. He's four, cruising four, though for high school. He's yes. Okay. He he is moving when he gets in the open field, especially against other guys. Right. He is. Um, faster than them. A couple of things I looked up on Fitch. Uh, I looked up like the com- the combined win loss mm-hmm. for their opponents this year. Yeah, it worked out to twelve and thirteen. So really, just kind of right around five hundred, a little below. Mm-hmm. They played Shaker Heights, who's four and one. Um, their their tests in the season come late, early season. I wouldn't take their record much in, but they were four and one, and uh, Fitch beat them by ten. Yeah, but then our only common opponent this year, Warren Harding, they lost to Warren forty nine fourteen two weeks ago, and from what I've read and what I've seen, it was a lot of turnovers, a lot of they couldn't execute their offense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know the transitive property doesn't work in football whatsoever. No, but Could, looking back, Warren was fifty one twenty one, I believe. Yeah, somewhere right around there. Yep. So it's it's just interesting to see how they'll play compared to how we played against Warren. I mean, that that's a bad matchup for them because yeah. they're a relatively undersized team. Yeah, Warren's, I saw their line was pretty small on paper. Warren's like 280, 300 up front. They have a running back going to Rutgers, you know. Yeah. So, so they just, I'm sure, just played bully ball most of the game. Right. And just uh, controlled, controlled the ball, controlled the line of scrimmage, did what they wanted to do. I... As I say that, that's our MO. That's what yeah, we like to do. Right. I was about to say that it sounds like the only team they're more undermatched against might be us. Yeah. And so even then, you know, like I said, look for them to kind of try and stack the box against us. Getting down to the red zone, they've put it on film a little bit this year. They did it against uh, Morgan last year, is bracket coverage in the mm-hmm. red zone where the corner. Uh, you know, in the face of the receiver and then a safety directly over top of him, taking him away. Now, you can do that to our 6'6 guy that excels at the jump ball, but what about our 6'4 will burn you down the sideline 40-inch vertical receiver? You want to yeah, leave him I, one-on-one too? I don't know. Again, like you just talked about, and outside of those two, you know, we have Ford playing the Z, Really good at finding open space in the middle of the field. Yeah. Really good run after the catch kind of guy. Who do you, like you said, who do you cover? What do you do? Someone's going to have a one-on-one somewhere. So when you game plan against a team, you're stopping one thing, but you're kind of opening up other things. Yeah. And that's good when a team can't do one thing as well as the other. But Mm -hmm. when we can throw the ball just as well as we can run it, good luck. You're right. And I'm sure that's going to be a running theme. It has been, and it probably will continue to be. I would hope to see. So, yeah. Uh, Just kind of, I don't know, springboarding off that. Let's. uh, We're five weeks into the season. Five and oh, have had four running clocks. Like I said last week, we've allowed one scoring drive total. Yeah. I mean, what, five weeks? We're a third of the way there, right? I. One can only hope. 15 for 15. Yep. 
halfway through our well, I mean, we're halfway through our first season. Yep. Then we got the second season, which is week ten. Well, don't we technically? Oh, okay. okay. And then we have the third, third season, season, the playoffs. Yes. Okay. So I, it, I think now would be a nice little time to do a, uh, you know, little, a mid-season little, recap. Little recap action. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, I we can dive into some numbers and stuff. Look at some uh, fun things. But I think you had a fun game. Let's roll through the schedule. Everybody just kind of give like a one, two word short synopsis of what you thought of the game. Um, week one, I'll kick it off here. Week one against uh, St. V's, I said surprising. Yeah. I Granted, went, what? No, go. Sorry. Granted, they, you know, they had a new coach mm-hmm. coming from Barberton that also had an extremely high scoring offense and was disciplined everywhere else. 35-7, really kind of surprised on that. Thought it'd be a closer game. Thought it really would be a dog fight to the end. Yeah, I think my word would be, uh, wow. <laughs> Just, I had the same thought you did. You know, I thought, I didn't doubt we were going to win, but I didn't think we were going to shut them down like we did. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think we were going to impose our will like we did physically. Yeah, my thought on that, um, damn great start to the season. Like, can't ask for anything better against a, a quality opponent. That's the thing, too. I think that's really where I thought. You know, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but our defense, yeah, that's where I really saw there's something special about this group this year. Yes. Uh, going on the week two against Glen Oak, it's kind of cheap. I said, ouch. First, you know, you hate, like we talked about, you hate to see a kid get hurt, especially mm-hmm. seriously. And I, the name's escaping me. I really do hope their quarterback's rebounding well from surgery. Oh, I, ho- yeah. I hope he's fine next year and we'll see him again. But yeah. also for the program. I also, I really think some of their backers really got pretty upset mm-hmm. when they saw them punt, what was it, fourth and two? Yeah. I think that's really, you know, like you said, that's when the team gave up on the game. But even bigger, I, I feel like the program's really kind of in turmoil right now. Yeah. So we'll that's, see. That's something where, I, not to get too far in the weeds, but this might be the coach's last year towards... I. Not even his last year, just say more of the twilight of his career at right. Glen Oak. And yep. I mean, they, like I said at the top of the show, they, they still had pretty good coaching. It's mm-hmm. just, there's, I think they were trying to find themselves in that game and they couldn't. I would agree. Uh, my just quick reaction would be uh, wow <laughs> with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because just. We had, uh, we had three runs close to or over 50 yards. And that wasn't like a kid making a play. I mean, good on them because they can. Yeah. And not to take away from them, they did make those plays. But it wasn't like somebody dancing around and just breaking a tackle, you know, kids getting. It wasn't a misassignment on the defense. It was we did exactly what we schemed up we wanted to do. We beat their scheme and just run it downfield. Big runs left and right. What Jameer done at halftime as yep. the play as Fox A's player of the week. Yeah, and I know I think uh, Longwell came in. They had a quick touchdown strike to kick off the second half. The running clock came in, and they was out. Yeah. It was second string from there on. Running clock started and hasn't stopped since. Yep. 
Um, I thought I got Glen Oak. Uh, they're a young team. Yeah, they're a pretty young team. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this year they didn't do very hot, but I mean, we're a very very experienced team. I mean, we returned what sixteen starters, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're young. I think they're going to improve. I think the next two years they're going to give us a lot of better of a fight. Mm-hmm. But this year it was just, you know, not competitive. Right. All right. Moving along. Uh, week three against Warren. It's kind of cheap. Uh, again, Jameer Thomas on 29 runs had 266 yards and two touchdowns. On the season, he's had 793 yards. So in one game, he had a third of his yards. Huh. Um, that's nine yards per carry. Yeah. It's just he was special. The line could block. Yeah. No one was getting in the way. And we kind of, like you said earlier, we just imposed our will the entire game. Yep. That, uh, just looking at the box score, if you're just like looking at the schedules, you know, the businesses hang up, you see the 21 points, but we've gone over that, how one was just a big run with a missed tackle, one was a screen pass into a blitz, and one when a team is starting at your two-yard line, you're probably not going to keep them out of the end zone. And just going back on that, too, I mean, the whole team played well, obviously, to score 51 points and beat them by 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longwell had 169 yards. He was 11-19 with three touchdowns. So it's not like he had a slouch game. But, I mean, to look over 266 yards, yeah, you, you're, you're not going to stop it. I think the word I would use for that would be, and I, I'm paraphrasing Warren's coach on this, imposing. Mm-hmm. We, he said, we imposed our will on their defense like no team has ever done to him, ever. And for us to do that, that's, you know, like we said, they weren't the best coached, but they still had size, they still had some talent. Mm-hmm. It, it, this wasn't some scrub team, like we just said. They beat Fitch. What was it? Forty nine ten. Uh, forty nine fourteen. Yeah, forty nine fourteen. Yeah. I think uh, that game, good game. Gave us some things to work on, and yeah, we, we moved on from there pretty handily, and I think we've improved from it. All right. Uh, Montclair. Um, the word I came in was nearly historic. Yeah. Uh, they had 43 yards of total offense, and the only one I was able to find was that historic 1940 team. They gave up 36 yards. It was East Erie PA. You mean the one I was able to find? And the one you listen to me talk about. Yes, we were all able to find it. Yes, no. Yes. So that's been <laughs> 1940s, 60s, 78 years yeah. since we've given up that little yardage. Like, not a couple years, I would say. No, yeah. at, at least five. No, we just... <laughs> Maybe, the bare minimum <laughs> six. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, our defense was absolutely dominating the entire game. We gave up a touchdown that was on a pick six. Which just, was even on a tip ball. It yeah, I mean, the kid a made a pass. play. Yeah. Right. That's not lefty's fault. Yeah, I mean, nearly historic. We did everything we wanted. They couldn't stop us. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. They seemed to all be nice people when I talked to them. North lot, they were great. Yeah. Coaches seemed to enjoy it. The kids seemed to be fine. But we just imposed our will, like you said, against Warren, too. We just did whatever we wanted for four quarters. Um, I can't think of the proper phrase for it but i mentioned it last week 
that was us sending a message to anyone else on our schedule. Yeah. How like how they were running cover zero from their own 40 and we're still running the ball and like I said last week without Jameer's big run averaging 4 yards a carry that's ridiculous that's we're sending a message that you want to try and stop our run that's fine you do everything in your power to do it and we're still going to get 4 yards a carry have fun and that was the thing I saw too. I think it was a quote by Jameer in one of the. Lo- I think it was the Independent this week. Mm. It was either today or yesterday, where he said that, you know, they again looking forward talking about breaking all these records. It's almost implied that it will happen this year, barring anything unforeseen. Yeah, but he says he's still hungry. He's still going out to win, and he credits our line with a lot of his success. And we're going to get into that a little bit. I got a couple fun little stats here to show just how dominant our line's been. But, okay. uh, yeah, we we did a lot to that team. Not much that they wanted to happen. No. Yeah, and, I, I can't add anything to that. It was it was a beautiful game. <laughs> I'll take that's, that. That'd be yep, a, that's for sure. Beautiful works for me. Yeah. Uh, Firestone. Uh, I we beating a dead horse here. Yeah, I said overmatched again. Yeah, just. I would say business trip. Yep. You know, even as even though it's home, you're still just you're taking care of business. We're on to Fitch. It's supposed to do what we have to do. Yep. Oh, uh, I guess uh, let's just get right into it on the fresh subject here. Our line, I've talked about on the podcast before. You know, we've on paper had two sacks, but. We talked in depth last week about how that's not on the line. That's not somebody getting beat. Yep. Uh, and, you know, we talk about how in the run game our line is just physically imposing and we do what we want to teams. So I thought you can't just talk about it. You can't just, like, say, oh, our line's good. And since an, on an audio podcast, on an audio format, I should say, you can't show film because that's video. So here's some numbers I came up with. A, a very simple adjusted yards per carry. Like looking at the raw numbers, our yards per carry this year, uh, seven and a half. <laughs> but it, that's not like a, a good stat. That's not a great bell curve. Because if like say I have 10 carries, if... Nine of them went off for one yard each, mm-hmm. and the last one just happened to rip off for 91 yards. I'm averaging 10 yards a carry. Right. You know? But am I really getting 10 yards a carry? No. It's on the whole one. Yep. So I went through, and to kind of compensate, I took out every run that was over 15 yards. Okay. And just some fun stats here. Fair enough, yeah. We've had... Runs over 15 yards have been, there have been 23 of them for <laughs> 628 yards. Through wow. five games. Yes. Wow. Jameer has had 15, Zion four, and Blake four. Okay. Now, oh, by the way, off the top, I should say, I'm only counting our starters, mm-hmm. with, and our rotation is Zion, Jameer, and Blake. Right. You know? I think Blake's played a little bit of the second string, like, leading off, mm-hmm. 
but I'm still counting all his numbers with the first team because he's still getting solid reps just with the first team. One small note. Yeah. I love the way that kid runs. I mean, he gets hit. Uh, I can't even think. Zion. Yes. Thank you. No, I mean, he gets hit and falls forward for four yards. His legs do not stop moving. I mean, that's the same. Jameer's the same way, but I absolutely love it. That was one other thing. Like you said, you know, Jameer, he's going to fall forward. He's right. As much as we play him at running back, he is a linebacker carrying the ball, you know. But Zion in the Firestone game, he ran angry. Yes. He ran to send a message. Yep. And it's just great to see. That's something that if you're looking for, that's something I'd want everybody to look for going forward when 29's in the backfield and he gets the ball. His legs don't stop moving. Not at all. So I'd like to see him to keep that up. You know? Absolutely. So, keep running angry. Yeah, just getting back to it here. So I've only counted Jameer, Zion, and uh, Blake's carries because there are, you know, main back rotation. Right. So on runs under 15 yards, our adjusted yards per carry is still 4.1 yards <laughs> per carry. That's called staying on schedule. Yes, that's more than staying on schedule. <laughs> you know the old, the old saying was three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. Well, we're getting four, four point and a half. Yeah. That's uh, you know first down, run it. Second down, run it. Third down, run it. First, first down. down. Look at that. <laughs> um, and that really that just speaks to our line. Yep. I set the, I set the cutoff at fifteen yards because usually that's about the deepest you're going to see a safety, and the line does not account for the safeties and any kind of run blocking scheme, you know? So this is just, this is, I'm trying to show again, how dominant our run blocking has been. Mm -hmm. And I went through that, got the 4.1 and I was thinking to myself, well, you know, you, you set the line at 15 that takes away or that kind of compensates for the big runs that, the running backs themselves have ripped off to kind of, you know, beat the safeties, beat people on account of the blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. Well, what about when we get down in the red zone or when we have like a, a fourth down conversion, you know, fourth and short? We've went we've went for it on fourth down 12 times this year, converted on 10. We'll get into that number later. But for now, let's just say when you're facing a fourth and short – the defense is going to compress the box. Yeah. Just like, say, a goal line situation, like against uh, Warren, how Jameer had that big run. We get down to, like, three-yard line. The max amount of yards he can gain there is three. Three. That's coming in under our yards per carry, so there's got to be some other way to adjust for that. I'm Mm -hmm. sure other people do some big functions that count for touchdowns, that count for red zone carries, stuff like that. But I'm doing this all on my own, and I quite honestly do not have time for that. <laughs> so I raised the I rose the bar to 20 carry or to any to cut off any carries over 20 yards. Okay, you know that's still you're including a lot more big runs, right? But you're hoping that those compensate for all the runs we've had where we couldn't gain more than three or four yards. Yeah. So <clears throat> runs over 20 yards. We've had 10 carries for 410 yards. <laughs> Jameer's so wait, did you just say 410? Yes. Over how many carries? 10? Yep. 
So 41 yards a carry. Yep. On what I would call an adjusted, adjusted gash play. Yeah. For, yes. You can't see it. My eyes closed. My eyebrows raised. That's <laughs> absolutely shocking. It was a surprise face, Cody, for sure. <laughs> so just um, to give who's responsible for those, you know, Jameer's had eight of those, and Zion and Blake have both had one, which that math works out. I mean, Jameer's had yeah. 88 carries so far, Zion 42, Blake 28. Yep. I mean, Blake's had 28 carries, really. Yeah. Good for him. Well, he's had some kind of, you know, right second stringer carries, but uh, that's not to take away from him. He's still getting quality reps in games. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and when I do that, <laughs> funnily enough, our now adjusted, adjusted yards per carry number is 5.2. So as best I can adjust for, all things being equal, say first and 10 from the 20, mm-hmm. R20, if we call power, we're ripping off five yards. I was going to say, if you take the four point whatever number yeah, in the five there, we're working at the 4.85 yards of carry. Yep. That's winning football. That's yeah. all I really care about. So. That's winning the line of scrimmage first yep. and foremost. Absolutely. And... To even drive home this point, for as much as we run the football, you think we'd have a tackle for a loss here or there. Jameer has been has lost ten yards. Zion has lost seven through five games. Let's <laughs> say Jameer's gained seven hundred and ninety-three. Yes. So it's like Jameer has netted. 793 yards. I right. think he's gained 808, lost 10, or lost whatever, whatever the math works out to. We had the numbers. And again, we're talking about stats here. Kind of some takeaways, and it's, again, wow, our offense slash defense is good. Adjusted for points per game. Mm-hmm. Taking out the pick six against New Jersey off the tip ball. Yep. And the two-yard drive Warren had. We have given up four and a half points a game. And without taking those two scores out, we've given up seven. That's an impressive number in and of itself. Yeah, seven points a game is ridiculous. But, but yeah, I'll always go back to my St. Mary's. St. V's has still the only team that's put together a complete drive on us. Yeah. Which. And uh, that was week one. Yeah. Which should be the learning week? Yeah. <laughs> uh, learning for them, apparently. Yeah, right. Because we haven't slowed down at all. You know, we've, no, our defense has put up three goose eggs. Get the train rolling. Yeah. That's all it cares. Uh, I, I guess, and just to finish my point, it doesn't matter, like, what formation we come out in when we want to run the ball. We can. We, you know, we are we going do, to we run do. the ball. And to your point, we are going to stop the other team from running the ball. Or doing anything. Yeah. Uh, Teams have accumulated 449 rush yards on us on the season so far. And if I do, let's just say, uh, 
a quick adjusted yards per carry on them that lets compensate for, you know, my, uh, uh, what was it? Warren, the big 55 yard run. yards. And then Firestone, the quarterback, scrambling for 60-some. Yep. Let's just round that down. Which was the play Broyles made the heck of a play on. Yes. Let's just round that down to a nice, even 100-yard big play runs. Take those away from our opponent's total rush yards. They are averaging on the season 2.5 yards per carry. Also known as... Not, Not winning, winning football. football. <laughs> I mean, again, is that just our defense being disciplined, reading their keys, and knowing what to do? Or is that just they, their offensive line can't do what they want with our defensive line? Yes. Okay. To both of those things. <laughs> that's us controlling line of scrimmage, That's and that's our defense reading our keys. Right. And to that point, our tackling leaders through five weeks. Would you like to take a guess at who's top five? I'm willing to guess Jameer. No. No. Creek bomb number one. Yes. I think we heard his name a dozen and a half times weeks one and two. Something like easily. that. Easily. Uh, Simpson. Yep. Good. Sunkel. No. Ah. Oh, that's surprising. Hey, he's up. He's top ten. I but, would say. Yeah. Um. Mac? So, no. Really? Huh. Uh, how about you just give me your top five list, and I'm curious. Yeah. So our top five lists or leading tacklers on the season is Creekbaum, Simpson, Clark, oh, okay. Wants, and Hodges. Now, I just say those names. I mean, good on them, doing right. what they're supposed to do. But I say that to say this. Our top five leading tacklers on the season are an inside linebacker, an inside linebacker, a strong safety, a nose, and a free safety. <laughs> Which, that means our defense is doing what it's supposed to do. And we're stopping the run. If both of your inside backers are your leading tacklers, that means, first off, your line up front is soaking up blockers and letting your backers do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Want, or Clark, coming in at the strong safety position, uh, That's he's play side, he's from the safety, but he's only 10 yards deep. It's not like he's saving plays. So he's just coming downhill, reading his keys, you know, filling the alley like a like a quarter safety is supposed to do. Wants, uh, he's been begging for a shout-out on the <laughs> podcast. And I guess this is it. I didn't realize he was our uh, fourth leading tackler. And from is he the, really? Yes. And from the nose guard position, a guy that, like, when you draw it up, your main job is to soak up double teams and open it up for the guys behind you. Good on him. Shedding his blocks and getting in there. Yeah. I think he, honestly, he is our best defensive lineman this year. Yeah. And uh, Hodges, our free safety, you know, coming down, backside, alley defender, again, only about 10 yards deep, coming down, filling the run. Uh, that's we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. If your safeties are like far and away, you're leading tacklers on the season, you're doing something wrong. Right, yeah. Uh, some other stats. Let's see here. We've our total offense per game. We have cranked out 430.8 yards a game. 
And again, that sounds like we had one game that had 700 yards. Our top game was 554, I believe, against Warren. Which is not head and shoulders above 430. Right, which shows that we're cranking out consistently yes. a number right around 400. A little over. Yeah, and our we've held the other teams to 144.6. Our defense is so good. Now, here's a point I, w- I kind of want to touch on, you know. Our our defense is great, yes. fantastic, tremendous. Yep. But for us to be blowing teams out like we are, you would usually see them at some point kind of switch to a hurry up if they think they have any hope or to try and get something on the board. Mm-hmm. And our second stringers are holding them to squat. I mean, we don't let them have hope. No. Again, like you talked about, we don't let them think they could even have a shot. No. Now... Kind of to a point, like, not to take away from what our defense has done this year. Just something to think about uh, was, uh, what was it, 2015 was when they instituted the automatic running clock rule. 2014 season, yeah. 2014 season. So, up until then, teams, like, if coaches came in and talked for a minute, you know, they agreed, like, hey, let's run the clock. Let's just get out of here. You could do that. Now it's when you get up, what, 35 points in the second half? 30, I believe. 35, 30, somewhere there. I think it's 35. Okay. When you get up 35 points in the second half, clock goes to an automatic, you know, running clock. So that will help kind of the raw numbers a little bit in that they don't, the other team doesn't have as much time against our JV squad to do what they want to try and do. Like, say, I know my senior year, we were kind of we were pretty high-scoring offense. You get the second stringers in a lot. But the other team had more time to kind of try and do something. And that's not to take away from us. That's just another uh, – that's just another – just something else to think about, you know? Right. But it, just even looking at the disparity, the 430 to 144, that's still ridiculous. Right. And even – I think I don't know if it was Firestone or something. The time of possession, yeah, I believe it was Firestone, mm-hmm. was outlandish in their favor. Yeah, they had the ball well over half of the game. I know they were trying to be methodical, march yeah. up and down the field, right. keep the ball out of our hands, and that's which would be I can think the only way to beat us. Game plan, the only way to hold us to hold us to forty. Two Our points. Second yeah. lowest scoring game all year, which is forty-two <laughs> point, which is ridiculous to say in and of itself. Uh, to that, to your point there, what do you think the time disparity's been on the whole? Uh, percentage-wise, or just minutes to minutes? It is percentage-wise. Oh, I'm sure we have 70 percent time of possession hours. Hmm, good guess, Cody. Anything ballpark? Uh, closer. Honestly, I don't know how much percent. I'm gonna go just over fifty percent. Us, fifty-five, forty-five. Ah, almost. <laughs> we only have fourteen 40. more seconds than the opponents do in time of possession on the season. Uh, so that's fifty-fifty. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Let's. Well, uh, I mean, our drives. I guess if you take out the big play drives that last. Mm-hmm. What two carries and at the touchdown yep. with a sixty-yard run and 
30 seconds. I, I think the Glen Oak game and the Firestone game really swung those numbers. Yeah. If we actually, now that I think about it, you know, if we want to do an adjusted uh, time <laughs> of possession per game, but that's not something that that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> time of possession is one of those things you can look at when you're winning. Yep. But if you're losing and you're winning the time of possession battle, it doesn't, doesn't matter. You're still lost. Yeah. You know, um, some other numbers that kind of stuck out to me. How many times have we punted this year? Uh, I probably three? in single digits. Seven. Seven. Seven oh, okay. total, and I think uh, three or four of those came in against St. V. Yeah. And we've, you know, how many have? What do you think the our opponents have done with those? Nothing. Uh, how about less than nothing? They've had twelve yards. Two returns for negative fifteen yards. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's what one would call winning special teams. Uh, uh, yeah, that's just that, a yeah. side question. Yeah. Is it just like special teams by committee? Is there an actual like special teams coordinator or like a guy who takes it over? Um, I think this year it's been more special teams by committee ish okay. from what I've heard. But uh, in the Booster Club meetings, I know. Coach Moore has said it's been Coach Jarvis mostly in charge of our special teams, you know, like to where the coaches, like more coaches have a say in it. Right. Okay. Hacks in charge of the punt returners. Right. I see him out there like pointing to a yard line and yeah. Yeah. But Jar is, I think, our special teams coordinator, special teams coach, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And he's the X's and O's of it. We've done a great job all around on special teams. I mean, again, we'll go to like special teams. Broyles. Yeah. He's had, he's eight yards short of two touchdowns off kickoff returns. Yep. But then kind of overlooked, I guess, but uh, putting Morgan out there, Mm -hmm. big number seven on kickoffs. Yeah. He's laid the wood on a couple kids this year. And you don't normally see it. Like, we saw it again in the Glen Oak game. He likes to block and get mm-hmm. physical. Yeah, we talked about that at length. Yeah. Listen to our Glen Oak episode, you know. And, uh, you you don't see a wide receiver want to get too physical. He wants to lay the wood. And I, yeah. I really like to see it. Just me having been a former lineman, I like to make fun of <laughs> those, you know, prima donnas out wide. Yep. But seeing these guys lay the wood, it warms my heart. <laughs> uh, and really, Morgan, actually, he's... I, I know it wasn't Firestone, but I think it's been more as we've moved to a a punt block uh, special teams kind of team. We've been putting him back there yeah. because we trust him. We trust yep. his hands. He's going to make the smart decision, you know. And it, it's good to see him contributing to other parts besides the red zone jump ball. Right. Which he had. Or three, blocking downfield. Three touchdowns against Montclair, I believe. Yep. Yep. We covered that in the last episode. Yes. Come here more when we record. Uh, other numbers that stand out uh, let's see here oh the conversion battle you know third down people like to talk about winning third down Yeah. and especially in high school ball I love to include fourth down as well because you go for it so much Uh, we have been 18 of 45 on third down but 10 of 12 on fourth down (laughs) which is just insane. Now, do you believe that just shows we're close on fourth down enough to convert? Or well, that's a thing we... where it's like, say you're faced with third and five, mm-hmm. and you're a power running team like us. 
So we get and you're four at a, yards. And you're at a part of the field where you're comfortable going for it on fourth if you know you can get it short. Mm-hmm. So say third and five, you'll just run power instead of trying to convert just to make the fourth down conversion easier, easier. on you. Yeah. Okay. So that's something. That's why I kind of wrapped them both up into the same number. Right. So we've been 28 of 45 on conversion attempts, which comes out to 62%, which is, I think high school, anything above 50 is tremendous. Like you said, we've had seven punts all season. Yep. So. Well, how well do you think we've done against our opponents? In those situations. What do you mean exactly? Like their third down versus ours? Yeah, their conversion uh, rate. How many have they had? Uh, they've had 47 third down conversion attempts and 10 fourth down attempts. I'll say... Similar numbers. They got... Yeah, probably in... <laughs> yeah. Boy. Hey, you, you're right there. Eight. Okay. They've converted eight times... Six third down conversions, two fourth down conversions for an overall conversion rate of 17%. I'll take that. And again, that's winning football right yep, there. Yeah, absolutely. RN, not theirs. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> uh, something to clean up. I, you know, we, we talked about it earlier and we could have touched on it any other game this year that, uh, We've had 30 penalties. The opponents have had 31. Yeah. That's something, you know, you need to look at to clean up. I think Montclair, possibly we had 10 mm-hmm. for 140-some yards. That's something you you got to get cleaned up. But as we go, we'll get more polished. And even then, we're masslin'. You got to look at what are actually penalties and what the Zebras are just trying to keep the other team in for. Yep. Um, looking way down the schedule. Mm-hmm. Again, you want to take it a week at a time. Yeah. But we're not the team, so we can talk about whatever we want. Yep. I looked at Drew Pasture's Fantastic 50 website this week. I believe we're at like a 98% chance to make the playoffs and just about the same to win the region. Um, it's like, like we said, you don't want to take it. You want to take it a week at a time. You don't want to look far ahead. Yeah. Region 7's bad, and we are really, really good. Like I said last week, fingers crossed, pray to whatever God you believe in, Santa, Buddha, I, I, <laughs> Easter Bunny, I don't care. <laughs> I, I want to play Perry in the playoffs. I looked at it, actually. Perry and Tri-Valley out of Dresden, mm-hmm. we have a split 11% chance of playing them round one. And again, that's all numbers. And yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter till week eleven. I I think somehow the way the numbers worked out, Perry's best chance or their like highest odds are they get in as a six or seven six, seed. I believe. Yeah. Then it's next best odds is they don't make the playoffs. <laughs> then somehow it's they get in as an eight seed. I mean, you know, you play two Canadian teams and give up four hundred some yards against 400 one yards. Yeah, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Wing T football. Yes, sir. Um, you know, you don't want to look ahead, but... It, it's hard not to right now. I, but I, to that point, Perry has a 23% chance of playing us first round. Do they? Yeah, that is the interesting stat reversed. But, again, these are... I, I know Pastor, he's usually pretty like spot on with these numbers, but it, it, it's still numbers. It's still a... 
still got five weeks. It's still a math formula. Right. And football is not a math formula. Nope. Any given Friday. And just there's a couple more things I wanted to get into here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Our red zone, we're 19 for 26. That's 73% conversion. Uh, Two of those are missed field goals. We've had more than a few red zone turnovers, which that's just part of our offense. You know, we go for the more... uh, the higher risk, higher reward plays. Uh, lefty, he's 50 for 82, which is uh, good for 61% on uh, on the season. 14 touchdowns and six interceptions. Does but, that account for drops? No. That's okay. that's a thing I wanted to get to, which your a completion percentage is not or at least shouldn't be a quarterback stat. It is an offensive stat. You know, it was <clears throat> against Montclair. I remember we ran, we had our six offensive line man, offensive line set in, twins to the boundary. We, we called power. Lefty pulled it to throw the quick screen, which it didn't look like we called from the sideline because both wide receivers went downfield to block. So now he's stuck there with the ball in his hand coming with a couple rushers coming free at him because we didn't have the numbers for it. Again, we went into that last week. Go listen to that episode. So what's he do? He tucks the ball, runs to the sideline, tries to make a play. When he sees he's out of room, before he gets sacked, throws it away. he throws it away. That goes down on the stat sheet as the completion. But right. now did he screw up at the beginning? Yeah. Did he still make a play and save our field position and save us from losing six yards on offense? Yep. Yes. That's a hell of a play that you won't see in the box score. That's why, you know, we that's why we do what we do. I mm-hmm. want to take a deeper look into the stats, to, just into the game as a whole and explain what's actually happening. So, like you said, we've had a lot of drop balls. Um I know, especially in our passing game this year, what's one thing you haven't seen from us a lot or at all that was absolute money last year? Haven't seen a lot that was money last year. Well, one play was basically, you just put it like, all hitches, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every receiver runs five yards, stop, turns back at the quarterback. And with the the defenders generally playing off our receivers like they did. Trey being six six like he is, Lefty could put it right on the money to where only Trey could catch it. And that was we could have marched up and down the field with that play last year if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that's a nice little intermediate pass. And kind of as a whole, well that play in particular we haven't run once this year. As a whole, we haven't run really any intermediate passes, which he excels at this year. We've been trying to force the issue downfield, and those are a lower percentage pass. Right. So, and especially, I don't think we've got to talk about it yet, uh, the one thing that Lefty is not excellent at, I would say he's, the word I would use is inconsistent, is hitting a kid or a uh, in stride running down the sideline. Yeah. Because I can tell you Ballard should have at least three more touchdowns if Lefty could hit him in stride. <clears throat> but the ball tends to hang on him a little bit Yep. when he throws that ball. And overall, we've been forcing the issue downfield, throwing the jump ball in the red zone. That's a 50-50 proposition. 
odds are a little better in your favor when you got a 6-6 receiver. You know, stuff like that. So it's not... Lefty is not a 60% passer. I'd call him 85, 90% when everything, you know, if we played completely to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, to that point, our leading receivers, Ford, has 25 receptions, 388 yards. That's just part of his position. He's always the guy getting the quick hitch outside of power. Uh,. <clears throat> Morgan, seven catches, 108 yards. Ballard, six for 71. And Clark, three for 45. I'll touch on him real quick, but just Ford, Morgan, Ballard. Uh, Ford and Morgan are averaging each 15 yards of reception. You know, that's kind of uh, Ford's the quick hitch yeah. and the long balls kind of compensating, evening out. But then also Morgan has made a couple after the catcher runs this year, which I'm sure have helped out that average also. Oh, yeah. But it's just kind of like, it's just kind of cool to see the disparity in 25 versus 7 receptions, both coming out to about the same average. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, Ballard, he could have at least three more with three more touchdowns. That's something college coaches are going to see on film. They're going to like it. That's just something we rep more, we're going to get it. Clark, I think we've really only played him towards the beginning of the season when we still weren't sure if we how much offense we needed to use. Yep. And when he was in, he filled a role, <clears throat> kind of like a modern H-back, uh, to where he was blocking and receiving. You know, back in the day, it's almost like a wing back, you know, in the, in the wing tee, something like that. Uh, but just that we've kind of gone away from using him because we haven't needed to use him because it's kind of deeper in our playbook. And also to that point, how many offensive players have both rushing and reception yards? What? How many offensive players, you know, between our receivers Mm -hmm. and our running backs have rushing yards and reception yards? Three. Blake. He has one reception for, I think it was like 29 yards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what that tells me, I mean, we never did use our running back in, in our passing game much besides the block. I'd get more into the play it is, but we don't have time for that. But what that tells me is we haven't been running the jet sweep much. Right. And which was a big part of our offense last year. You know, we'd. <clears throat> we sent Kutcher in motion last year, handed off to him. He'd try and hit the edge quick, see what he could do. Uh, or just run that, kind of fake the handoff, run power to or away from where he was running. We haven't done that really at all this year because we haven't needed to. Right. And this goes back to, I know you and I talked about it back on that first episode that all the things we could do with our offense, all the things we showed in preseason we could do with our offense that we haven't used this year. And it's not because our offensive coordinators are not like creative enough to get the people the ball. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. We know exactly <clears throat> what we... We know exactly how to use these kids. We just haven't needed to. Right. We can line up in the same formation and run power all night. Kids can't stop it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like uh, we talked about at ad infinitum earlier. Yep. At five yards a pop. 
And when you can just line up in the same base formation, run power, and get five yards, you're going to line up in the same formation, run power, and get five yards. And just really quick, we'll go back. You talked about Clark coming in as kind of a wrinkle on our offense. Yeah. I know he has, I think, what, he had a touchdown? Uh, Against St. V. St. V. Yeah. He lined up last last week against uh, Firestone, and Murphy caught the screen out wide. Mm-hmm. Clark had a block 20 yards downfield that left the kid on his butt. I mean, he drove the kid down the field and into the ground. So it's even if he's not getting the ball, I understand he's a defensive player first. Yeah. He wanted to get out there, block, and make up something open for Murphy to run through, and which I absolutely love. I mean, it's just straight tenacity and toughness. That's why we play him more. I mean, we, there has been a couple times we split him out wide as the number three in the trip set or something like that. <clears throat> but that's why we can play him at the wing and use him as a blocker. Yep. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on real quick, just because I think this is cool as a real X's and O's thing. Uh, we ran outside zone against Fitch a way we have never done it before. Usually we set, like, say we have the fullback and the running back set left. And when we run outside zone, we'll run it to the right, and the fullback kind of lead blocks for the running back. Well, against Fitch, we just kicked out that end man on line of scrimmage. Now, usually on an outside zone, the backside defensive end, you don't need to block at all. And if you're looking at that play in and of itself, you're wasting him, you know? But that play isn't just in and of itself. We're not an outside zone team. If you look at our power play where we run to the fullback side, you have the fullback kicking out the end man on the line of scrimmage. You have the tackle down blocking, guard down blocking, center down blocking. On our inside zone, which we usually run away from the fullback, you now have the fullback kicking out the end man on the line, Tackle down block, guard down block, center down block. Now, on our outside zone, just as well, we have fullback, kick out block, tackle down, guard down, center down. So, my, what's my point here? It's that we are now running things in a way that kind of counter to our power play and open up the base power play. So, teams can't just key off on our fullback, where's he at? and run in and stuff us on power. That's the difference between, say, having a collection of plays and running an offensive system. Mm -hmm. And back to our point that we made on this podcast more than a couple times, we don't run anything on accident. Everything is to a purpose. And in this particular case, the purpose is to open up power and make God's play easier to run. I mean, kind of wrapping it up here, yeah. What do you have predictions week six through ten? Just two or three, just things you see happening. Just as uh, a team, positionally, just something. I think honestly, Fitch. You know, they're good coach team, <clears throat> well disciplined. We're gonna. They're just outmatched, kind of like Firestone was. Mm-hmm. We're gonna roll them. East St. Louis wild card. I'm picturing a faster Montclair. Coaching's up in the air. I don't know what they're like. I doubt we hold them to 43 yards. 
like You're we right. did Montclair, yeah. but worst case scenario, I see a shootout. We win by a couple possessions. Yep. Best case, it looks like the rest of our season has. Sun Valley, Canada. Bop. Louisville. Bop. Their biggest game in the last decade. Yep. Bop. McKinley. I want us to both come in nine and zero. I would agree. I want that that atmosphere that like just before kickoff is going to be electric, el- electrifying was the word I was going to say. So. Okay, well, in yeah. our house. Oh yeah, I'm it, excited. I I am beyond excited. I can't wait to see it. Like even if they come in, you know, eight and one, we both come in with pretty good schedules. Yep. That being said, we're probably gonna roll them. It's week ten. I'm not going to say anything about it. It's yeah. And if I was a betting man, oh yeah, I just wouldn't bet on that game. Nope. It's week ten. It's like you said before, the second season of the year. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yep. You know, it, my honest prediction, we roll them. But I, you, you got no honest prediction for week ten. <laughs> um, kind of going into it, week six through ten. Mm-hmm. We're going five and zero. Oh. Yeah. We just talks a little bit about how we might go. Not, we're going five. We're going ten and zero this year. Yeah. Um, I see the starters playing meaningful snaps in two more games. Mm-hmm. East St. Louis and, week seven and McKinley. Yep. And then I see three more running clocks this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see be, it. There are three more running clocks we have on our schedule. Yep. I think our defense totally shuts out everyone we play. And I think we roll them. Yeah. And 10 and 0, two thirds of the way done, 15 for 15. Go dang Tigers. Let's watch the city burn down week 15. <laughs> <laughs> after week 15, yes. when we win. After week 15. Yes. yes. But let's focus on one week at a time. Yep. Week six, beat Fitch. Beat so. Fitch. Beat Fitch. <laughs>